Heard at Sports Radio. Every weekday morning from 7 to 10 a.m. Join hosts Robbie Lula and Damon Benning and our cast of Heard at Sports personalities as they share their fresh perspectives while keeping you highly entertained. Take a dive into the latest news in all things sports, from the pros to right here at home. Catch Heard at Sports Radio with Robbie Lula and Damon Benning, 7 to 10 a.m. on air, online, and on podcast. Heard at Sports Radio. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. And now, and now back to Hale Varsity Radio. Back into it in Hale Varsity Radio tournament time. I uh, I don't have my dancing shoes on, not even for the NIT. We're still a little frustrated about that with Nebraska. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, Connor Clark. We welcome in Hall of Fame basketball coach, four teams to the NCAA tournament, three. Double-digit seeds to the round of the Sweet 16. Tom Penders back with us. Coach, uh, do you have your dancing shoes on? How you doing? Hey, Chris. Great time of year for every basketball fan in America. It is. It is. And so much to, to dive into. I want to go big picture, Big Ten with you to start before we whittle down to get your final four. And... What's your impression of the Big Ten this year? Eight teams in, Purdue a one seed, obviously, but a lot of, you know, anywhere between four and seven seeds and a few higher-tier seeds. What do you think of the league? Well, I thought it was, you know, there's a lot of hype all year long uh, and, and been a lot of teams faded down the stretch. And when a 10-seed... A Penn State can get to the finals of the tournament. It's an indication that the league wasn't as strong as what was projected. You know, it's like teams like Michigan State kind of leveled off in in February and played win one, lose one. They couldn't win on the road. They got stuck in the mud. You know, they. I watched them very closely. And, you know, they get down 10 with two minutes left and let the other team dribble out the clock, which, you know, I don't know. I, I, I never I never did that, and <laughs> I, I don't believe I in that. I know you didn't. <laughs> I've seen a lot of games turn around in the last minute and a half. I remember a, a comeback against a very good DePaul team in 1990. That was Joey Myers' best team. But we were down 12 with less than a minute left. And we hit, you know, four threes and won it in overtime. It's, you know, there's a lot that can happen. And that's what this tournament is about. And I, I, I know I stress this every year. The teams that hit the threes can move on. If you don't defend the threes, you're going to get beat. And that's where the, quote, upsets happen. 
Uh, you, you know, there are some teams that have been bowing out early, fairly consistently for their lack of being able to defend the three, despite what their defensive stats say all year long. You know, a lot of the stats, some of these power five teams are built up because they never leave home. And they, you know, they play, they play eight guarantee games and, those are wins, and those are games where everybody builds up their stats. But, you know, that stuff doesn't matter in March. It's an entirely different season, and it's all about March. Coaches are judged based on what they do in March now, not November, even though the committee, you know, says that every game is just as important, which I vehemently disagree with. Uh, there's no comparison between – a lot of great teams over the years and how they're playing in March and how they started the season. You know, it's ridiculous to think that November counts as much as, as late February and March. That's when the, the pedal hits the metal. Mm-hmm. Tom Penders is with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. And, Coach, you've been a guy who's led some some uh, double-digit seeded teams uh, into uh, Sweet 16 runs, as Schmitty said, leading off this interview. And I want to get your take. If you were taking over a team, say today, ahead of a, a NCAA tournament run, what's the one quality you'd be looking for within that team to determine if, if they're going to make a deep run into this tournament or not? Basically, what I did at Rhode Island, Texas, George Washington, and Houston did, Dial a play, pick up the tempo, shoot the threes, attack the offensive glass, and dare the other team to run with you. Uh, that's been the secret at Iowa for Fran McCaffrey. Uh, that's the only reason they've been a top 25 level program uh, in the last, I don't know, five or six years. Uh, and, you know, they don't have a great recruiting base, but. That's why kids come there to play for Iowa. You, style of play is what fills up arenas. Of course, you you know you have to win with it. But you know today, particularly with this ridiculous transfer portal, you know you can you can put a team together in six months, kind of like what Chris Beard did at Texas. Mm. Everybody said, "Well, where is this guy from?" That guy. Well, Chris Beard built the culture, built up the new Moody Center before they ever played a game, and they, everybody thought he played too slow at Texas Tech. Well, that was, you know, the way he had to play with the talent he had, and it was about just winning at Texas Tech that filled their arena. But at Texas, after his first year, and he got and some athletes, he turned it up a notch. And they've been on cruise control, you know, since December. Now, they have their ups and downs, uh, but they're, they're peaking at the right time. My only hope for them is that they didn't peak too soon because momentum can change in a hurry in March. Coach Tom Penders is with us on Hale Varsity Radio. Coach, I want to go back to the Big Ten here for a second because you said something about how teams that can shoot the three can get far in this tournament. Penn State is one of those teams that has shot the three pretty well this year. 
How far do you see them going? Because they have a tough first-round game with what I believe to be an under-seeded Texas A&M team. Yeah, well, Texas A&M has all the motivation in that game. You know, this is Penn State's first ride in the rodeo. And, you know, I'm not sure how the kids are going to respond to it. And they may be too happy with what they did in the Big Ten tournament. I like angry teams in the tournament or teams that have something to prove. They didn't get the respect from the committee they deserved. And I know that Texas A&M wants to play Texas badly. I don't know if it's that way the other way around (laughs) uh, because they had their differences, and that's kind of what broke up the Big 12 and sent A&M to the SEC. And I don't think that's over with in their eyes. You know, they see Texas on television all the time. The Big 12 got a lot more publicity and maybe deservedly so this year. But the SEC is a great league with some really difficult home courts to play on for the road teams. And A&M finished second in a great league. Kind of like being in the top three in the in the Big Twelve, uh, so you know I, I think that's an interesting matchup. And I, if I was Texas, I'd rather be a three seed, you know, playing somebody else uh, somewhere closer to home. You know that they're, they're up in the you know upper Midwest, I believe. I forgot where they are, Des Moines. I think so. Yeah, yeah, I think they landed Des Moines. Yeah, they're in Des Moines, not too far from you guys. And that's, you know, not, not a great area for them or for their fans to travel to. So that's also important. As you know, if you study these games and if you bet at these you know, tournament games, the, the fans that bought those tickets beforehand always root for the underdog. So that'll give Penn State an edge in the first game in terms of fan support. And then the second game, uh, that place will be off of the Aggies, in my opinion. Uh, Just the way it goes. It doesn't matter what conference you're from. Uh, There's no love lost between conference schools. I know growing up in the Big East territory and playing at UConn, UConn was hated by the teams that they that we dominated when I played. We were hated by everybody else. Nobody was rooting for us, you know, from our same conference or from our same area. And that's the way it still is today. Coach, there is some storylines beyond the teams, and there's some storylines right now in basketball I want your take on. First, Coach Oates and how he's handled things at Alabama with Brandon Miller. Bama's the top over overall seed, and uh, that's been a, a very tough situation. Also, Chris Beard. I know you're close with Texas and Coach Beard. He got hired today at Ole Miss after uh, charges were dropped uh, that were against him uh, early this season. So comment on both of those situations if you feel like. Yeah, sure. I mean, I was commenting when the whole thing kind of blew up. It's uh, 
you know, I, I'm very friendly with Chris Belconte, the athletic director, and he's under tremendous pressure at Texas. There's a lot of politics involved there, and you know, it's a it's a it's a different time in many big universities around the country. And you're guilty until proven innocent in this world today. Hopefully that changes and we get back to being the real America. Uh, you can be accused of anything today. And coaches being public people, you know, it's, the whole thing was really, you know, unfortunate. Uh, I know from Chris what the real details are. I was confident uh, that charges would have been dropped. Would be dropped, and they were. You know, I kind of wish that Texas was a little more patient and waited for everything to be played out in the courts or and with, with the law. But you know, they chose the direction to go, and I'm, I'm not sure if it was Cristo Conte's decision or people above him, some board of regents. It's it's. You know, it's, a, it's always been a political school. You know, it's, it's, a, it's the capital, and it's a huge state, and, you know, it happened. I think Old Miss is very lucky to have Chris Beard. I think he'll turn them around immediately. He'll have them in the tournament in year one, and in year two, look out. They'll make a serious run at the SEC and in the NCAA tournament. He's a great coach. He's- and now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Tom Pender's few minutes with his stalking uh, NCAA tournament, Hale Varsity Radio. Follow Coach on Twitter at Tom Penders. Coach, what about Alabama and Coach Oates with how he's handled Brandon Miller? Yeah, I have no problem second-guessing him mm-hmm. uh, because – you know, to me, is a murder, a murder of a young woman, uh, a girlfriend of Miles and all that. There's no question about the involvement. You know, with, with no gun, there's no shooting. And Brandon Miller made a huge mistake. I don't know what he was thinking. You don't loan somebody a weapon. You shouldn't loan anybody a car, never mind a weapon, because a car can become a weapon and ruin your life as well as others. So I think they should have suspended him. You don't worry about ruining your one seed. As a matter of fact, I think if he served a three, two, three-game suspension, everybody would have been happy with it. But I, I think... NATO's didn't handle it right. I don't think the athletic director at Alabama handled it right. I don't think the university handled it right. We'll see how, you know, the rest of the world, you know, handles this whole thing through through the tournament. They're, they're not unbeatable. I mean, my UConn Huskies, you know, handled – Alabama when they were playing really well early in the season when both teams were playing well they're beatable you just have to defend the three you don't have to worry about Brandon Miller beating you it's about 
what your team does against their team. If you defend their three, make them score twos all night, and hit some threes on your own, they can be beaten. And, you know, I'm not sure it's going to happen in the first weekend, but they're going to face somebody that's going to figure it out. It's like, you know, it's like Iowa uh, and Penn State figuring out how to beat Purdue. Well, you make Edie come out and, and play ball screens defensively, or you use his man to set screens uh, to let the ball handler have open 15-footers all day or three-pointers, that's how you beat him. You make him play defense. You make him run up and down the floor, uh, not play half-court basketball. And that's the formula to beat Purdue. Everybody's got a weakness today. You know, I, I, I coach mostly in an era where, you know, even Shaquille O'Neal stayed three years. Danny Manning, four years, et cetera, et cetera. Now it's the one-and-done wonders, and anything can happen. It, you know, it's, just, it's no surprise. And the first weekend is going to be just as exciting as ever. That's what makes the tournament great. People watch to see the upset. And, you know, the tournament is going to be filled again this weekend with upsets. It's the second weekend that becomes more predictable because everybody knows who's on what team, what style is played. Uh, You know, St. Peter's is an example last year. You know, they struggled in their own conference. Uh, And that's where I own a conference. Uh, You know, they can beat anybody. Yeah, Rick Pitino's a damn good coach. And, you know, UConn's got to get by them before they can go anywhere. The only thing there in that game is Iona's style is exactly what UConn wants to play. And you've got to be able to slow UConn down and really get into their point guards and, and keep them off the boards. So there are a lot of things you have to do to beat UConn. Coach, before we get you out of here, let's get into the nitty-gritty. I need, first off, a team that you like to maybe make a Cinderella-type run this season, and then following that, I need your uh, your four Final Four teams this year. I, I'm sticking with Houston. You know, they play great defense. If Satcher's healthy, their starting backcourt is as good a tandem as there is in college basketball. And... Kelvin Sampson's going to figure out ways to beat you. He knows, he knows how to ride different horses in this race. He did it at Oklahoma. He did it at Washington State. He did it at Indiana. And, you know, he's doing it at the University of Houston, too. And, you know, he's a great coach. He and Bill Self are kind of the, the two best in college basketball you should never bet against anyone uh, the coaches at that level. And those that don't believe that just have to look and see what happened to Kansas this weekend. So, you know, they're one of my favorite teams to follow. I just hope that Bill's in, you know, good enough health, you know, that he can 
coach his normal style and be on top of things the way he's – nobody's better at making adjustments than Bill. But this is also the weakest team I've seen them have at Kansas since Bill Self has taken over. There's no big man. Uh, their guards are, are good. They're solid. They probably have one future pro on that team where Bill usually has three or four guys on that team. So, you know, they, I can't say they should be a number one, you know, the, the number one seed. I think Alabama has a pretty easy route to the Elite Eight. Uh, and then we'll see, you know, who they're going to face. Probably it'll be Arizona. And Arizona has the ability, you know, to neutralize Alabama, to defend Alabama, and make Alabama play defense. That's also a key to beating Alabama. Purdue, again, it's about matchups. When they run into a a smart coach who's going to make Edie play defense, (laughs) I think they're going to struggle. They cannot play defense the way – Matt Painter's teams usually do, but he's a great rim protector, obviously. He's 7'4". You know, he's very agile, but he's slow-footed, and he has problems. You know, that's, that spells foul trouble right off the bat. But I, I'm struggling. Marquette is who I'm rooting for because I've been a shocker, smart fan, since his Virginia Commonwealth days, and they're playing extremely well, and I don't think things are going to change in the tournament. He's got a very mature team. They play for each other. So I'll pick Marquette to come out of that region. You know, if Bill Bill Self is healthy, I wouldn't bet against him. Mm -hmm. But I think they have a very dangerous opponent in game two if it's the Arkansas Razorbacks, they're ticked off uh, with their performance and the way their last game ended. And that's how you want a team to come into this tournament. I'll still, if, if, if you point the gun in my head, I'm picking Kansas to come out of that region. So that's my final four. I like it. Tom Penders with his coach. We'll check in with you around Sweet 16 time. Thank you so much for the insight. And the tags. Always great to talk some uh, March Madness with you, sir. Heard at Sports Radio. Every weekday morning from 7 to 10 a.m. Join hosts Robbie Lula and Damon Benning and our cast of Heard at Sports personalities as they share their fresh perspectives while keeping you highly entertained. Take a dive into the latest news in all things sports, from the pros to right here at home. Catch Heard at Sports Radio with Robbie Lula and Damon Benning, 7 to 10 a.m. on air, online, and on podcast. Heard at Sports Radio.